Access more. In this episode of the Abundance in Life podcast. Well, here's the deal, guys. If this book is a book full of promise and is a book full of hope, then why do some of us seem to walk in the promises of God and others don't? Well, because I know a lot of people that think, well, Douglas, does God have favorites? Why does that person seem to walk in the fullness of God or in the prosperity of God or in the favor of God and I don't? Well, the truth is that everyone has the same access to the same God. But not all of us access these promises. And that's because some of us are willing to do what's necessary to go in and possess. And for the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about possessing the promises of God. Because most Christians are living far beneath what God has for their lives. We're not walking in the abundance and the prosperity and the blessing that God has for us because somewhere along the line, we have believed the lie. You know, somewhere along the line, we've thought that, well, I'm not God's favorite. Somewhere along the lines, we've thought that I've failed and I've messed up and God can't bless me. Well, I am here to tell you that if God said all of the promises of God are in Christ Jesus, yes, and amen, then that means that all those promises are for you. So stop waiting for God to drop it out of the sky and God's going, well, I'm waiting for you to go in and get it. This is Douglas Musasia. Hi guys, I am so excited to be here today. I am so excited that you have joined us and I know for a fact that God has a word for you. Now, today, I'm going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects. I'm going to be talking about possessing the promises of God. You see, this book is a book full of promise, is a book full of hope. I mean, I cannot handle people who take this book and turn it into a dead, a boring bunch of rules and regulations and sort of bash people over their heads because it is a book full of promise. It is a book full of hope. It actually relates to every part of our lives, physically, emotionally, spiritually, relationally. This book is a book full of promise and hope. And you know what the good thing is about God is that when God promises things, he is not like my nephew. You see, I have my little nephew and he is still learning what truth really means because it's quite relative to him. Because he'll go, Uncle Douglas, I promise, but I have my fingers crossed behind my back as if that is somehow supposed to mean that the promise does not keep. Or some of us, you know, we've been let down by people. You know, people have made promises. Perhaps they promised to stay married to us together. You know, till death do us part in sickness and in health, in poverty and in riches. And you know, at the first sign of financial problems, they flee. Or perhaps someone let us down. You know, they promised that they're going to be there for us and they have betrayed us and they have left us. Well, that is not the kind of promise that I'm talking about. You know, because when I talk about the promises of God, people think, is this God going to be like my father that walked out of me? You know, or like my ex-wife that left me? Or is he going to be like my nephew that crosses their finger behind their back when they're really lying? You know, but I am here to tell you that is not what I'm talking about. Numbers chapter 23 verse 19 says that God is not a man 
that he should change his mind. Now, this is a case where God is definitely not my best friend because my best friend changes his mind all the time. In fact, he has the prerogative of changing his mind every 35 seconds. Shout out, Collins J. But right here, it says that God is not a man that he should change his mind. As he said, and will he not do it? And as he spoken, and will he not fulfill it? And that is what I love about this God. You know, God said it, God will do it. God promised it, he will do it. There are no expiration dates for the promises of God. Yo, that is very deep. There are no expiration dates for the promises of God. You know, just as he promised in Deuteronomy that you shall be the head and not the tail. Just as he promised that you shall be a lender and not a borrower. Those promises, they did not end in the Old Testament, but they have been recurred all the way to the New Testament and all the way to your present life. Ladies and gentlemen, there are no expiration dates for the promises of God. That was definitely out of script. Because I know there is someone and you're probably sitting in your living room right now and you think that God has forgotten you, that God has spoken a word to you a long time ago, a word of hope, a word of promise, and you think that he's forgotten. But God is not a man that he should lie. He said it. He will do it. He will come true. In fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says that no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes and amen in Christ. All of the promises of God are in Jesus, yes, and in Christ, amen. God has promised that he will never fail, that he will never leave us, that he will never forsake us. He has promised us that all things work together for the good of all those who love him and the good of all those who are called for his glory and purpose. You know, you might be going through something that's not good and you're thinking that, can this work for my good? But God has promised that if you trust in him, he will take even the bad, broken pieces of your life. He will weave them together and he will work them out together for our good, for his glory. That's the promise of God. He has promised us salvation. He has promised us healing. He has promised us deliverance. Now, do you wonder why the devil doesn't want you to read this book? Because this is a book of love and hope and promise. And if he can make us think that this is a boring, that this is irrelevant, that this is not true, we will not go to that book to behold the promises of God. If you need healing today, God's word brings healing. God's word can bring deliverance, can bring restoration, reconciliation. These are the very words of God spoken to us to turn our lives around. Well, here's the deal, guys. If this book is a book full of promise and is a book full of hope, then why do some of us seem to walk in the promises of God and others don't? Well, because I know a lot of people that think, well, Douglas, does God have favorites? Why does that person seem to walk in the fullness of God or in the prosperity of God or in the favor of God and I don't? Well, the truth is that everyone has the same access to the same God. But not all of us access these promises. And that's because some of us are willing to do what's necessary to go in and possess. And for the next three weeks, 
we're going to be talking about possessing the promises of God. Because most Christians are living far beneath what God has for their lives. We're not walking in the abundance and the prosperity and the blessing that God has for us. Because somewhere along the line, we have believed the lie. You know, somewhere along the line, we've thought that, well, I'm not God's favorite. Somewhere along the lines, we've thought that I've failed and I've messed up and God can't bless me. Well, I am here to tell you that if God said all of the promises of God are in Christ Jesus, yes, and amen, then that means that all those promises are for you. So stop waiting for God to drop it out of the sky and God's going, well, I'm waiting for you to go in and get it. Now, Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 8. And I love this because the Lord says, I have set the land before you. Now check this word out. Go in and take possession of that land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give them and to their offsprings after them. So God says, I want you to go in and take possession. Now, too many of us have grown with this kind of a kumbaya Christianity. Or actually, if you're a music fanatic like me, you would know someone called Doris Day. You know, she used to sing this song and I won't try to sing this for you because it would mortify you. But she used to sing this song, Que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. You know, it's actually in Spanish. Que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. The future is not ours to see. Que sera, sera, you know, and that's, that's hearsay. That's just wrong. Now, we do not live according to the gospel of Doris Day. It is not a kesera sera kind of Christianity or whatever will be, will be. Because God says, I have promised it. I need you to go in and possess whatever it is that I have promised you. And so you can lay a hold of the promises of God. In Joshua chapter 18 verse 3, it says, Joshua said to the people of Israel, How long will you put off going in to take possession of the land that the Lord your God promised you. And I want to ask you that today. You know, how long will you put off? And that's what's on the table for the next three weeks. I am asking you, how long will you put off? We live in rough times. We live in chaotic times. And we need people of God to step into the promises of God. To lay a hold of those promises. So that we can be a blessing and a prosperity to the world around us. How are we supposed to be the salt and the light if we ourselves are not willing to go in and take possession of what the Lord has promised? We have got to make sure that we go in and take possession. God wants us to possess what he has already given to us. And I think this is the missing link for a lot of Christians. Because, you know, a lot of us are sort of just waiting and going, you know what? If God wants it, if God wants to drop it out of the sky into my lap, God will drop it into my lap. And God's saying, I have given you I just need you to go in and get what I have given you. And if we could understand that God has done his part and that all that is left for us is to go in and do our part, you know, that we work with him, we partner with him, we are collaborators with God here on earth, and that many of us that are stuck in our addictions, that relationship, that habit, and you think you can't get out of it, you know, but I am here to tell you that this word promises freedom. This word promises life. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 that it is for freedom that Christ sets us free. That is what Paul tells them, that Christ sets us free for freedom. Thus, we do not have to live bound a second longer. So how long? That's my question. And for the next three weeks, we're going to go in there and try to see how long are we going to wait to take hold of the promises of God. Because I believe that you tuned into this podcast in this timing of God to find deliverance, healing, breakthrough, 
to move past where you are into fullness of God and the promises that God has for you. And Jesus loves you and he has a purpose for you and he has a destiny for your life and he came, died on the cross and came back to life from the dead. Not so that we can have a whatever will be will be kind of life, you know, a kesara kind of life as Doris Daisy said, but we can have an abundant, overcoming, victorious Christian life. He says that I didn't come that you may just have life, but that you may have life and life more abundantly. And it is about time on this planet that the people of God start living an abundant, victorious, overcoming, passionate, and purpose-driven life. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited about this. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening today. We hope today's message has encouraged and helped you. By the way, we'd love to see you positioned to experience all the great things God wants to do in your life. 